This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Made by BBC Sports for BBC Sounds. The Sports Desk. I'm Sarah Mulkerns. I'm Dan Rowan. And I'm Nesta McGregor. And we present The Sports Desk, the weekly podcast that explores the biggest news stories in sport and the human issues behind them. So far, we have covered the future of sport in Afghanistan and super shoes in athletics. An Olympics like no other recorded on location in Tokyo and COVID vaccine hesitancy among sports stars. The secrets of the age-defined athletes, Alaton Brady, and Cristiano Ronaldo and we asked did Simone Biles change the game on mental health that is the sports desk on BBC Sounds hit subscribe and a new episode will appear every Friday the sports desk from BBC Sports available now on BBC Sounds now back to your podcast Mills sprints in very full in the air and caught a wicket for Tamar Mills Wood balls and he's yoked him Exceptional pace from Mark Wood. Good pace for radio inside England's World Cup bubble with Tamal Mills and Mark Wood. Welcome back to the sixth and unfortunately final episode of Good Pace for Radio with me, Tamal Mills. And me, sad Mark Wood. Yeah, mate, it's, it's over. It's um, strange to say, isn't it? Obviously, it's been a, a whirlwind few weeks and then... Um, yeah, the way that the game ended, and then the, the way. Talk about the match or the podcast. Everything. The podcast <laughs> is obviously just as emotional, um, but yeah, obviously, we'll, we'll dive into it in a little bit, and obviously in more detail. But um, we'll also look back at the tournament as a whole, uh, and we'll also we've sat down with player support coach Mark Saxby, one of the great men, one of the you know, great most, man, one of the most loved men in in, in, in English cricket, really. If anybody mm. that knows him, so we yeah, sat down and had a really good chat with Sax. So we'll hear from him as well. Um, but yeah, Conan, we'll get into the semi-final. Um, it probably be quite interesting. We, we probably have two slightly different views on it, obviously, because you were out there in the middle playing, whereas yeah. I was sat in the dugout uh, watching, which was really tough. Um, how did you find? How did you find the game, mate? Um, I don't know. It was a, it was strange to start with. Obviously, New Zealand swung the ball early on, didn't they? Yeah. So when you're watching as an opposition side, you're thinking, well, it might swing for us. And then in that case, we've got you know Chris Wokes, who's great with the new ball. He swings it both ways. So when we saw when we first started, I thought, oh, this might be quite tricky. Um, could be, you know, a, a tough battle. But then we seemed to get into it a little bit, and it was a bit of a strange affair. It was like a bit to and f- to and fro. Like I felt like, you know, by the end we had a good grasp. Moore did really well. Um, what about going into? Did you think that uh, were you happy with what we got? One six six. Yeah, um, no, I was happy. happy yeah, I was happy. I thought we could defend that. Um, and, you know, it was a, a total where I, th- I felt, you know, it might be hard at times, but I, I, I would have backed us to defend it. I think it's just yep. more, at the end of the match, like, I just felt, i tell you what I was really disappointed with, actually. I was one of the drug testers. So oh, I had a, I get, so you just lost the semi-final. And, I like, I'm obviously sweating a lot because I've been bowling and feeling, and the guy comes in, oh, you, you're done for drugs. So... Because we're in COVID times, I wasn't actually allowed in the dressing room. For a little bit afterwards, So I yeah. had to, like, stay on the... That's rubbish, isn't it? ...the tent by the thing for a little bit. Then I sort of convinced him, said, look, can I at least just go into the little... Because you have a dressing room, don't you? And then you have, like, a like a dining area. Yeah. Then you go out on the field. And so I was like, can we at least just go and sit in the dining area? Because I don't want to sit outside with the New Zealand fans hurling abuse at us for the, yeah, for the next yeah, yeah. hour. So, yeah, it was just... That was frustrating at the end of the game. And I remember just feeling, like... It was weird. It was like we'd uh, uh, sort of 
missed opportunity kind of thing where it was like we've got such a good side. I know we're missing key players as well, but like we've got such a good side. It was just like, oh, like I, I was almost sure that we were going to do it again. Like yeah. I don't know why I thought that. I just I I was almost sure that you know we we've got such a good side. We've started the tournament so well that we were going to do it, and I think the game was just. Um, I was bowling, obviously, and we have that 10-over break, don't you, while yeah. you have the, the drinks. And about halfway through, I thought, right, come on, we, we finish well here and we, we've got this in the bag comfortably if we if we, yeah. if we we do well. But it just wasn't to be, was it? I mean, I, was, I, mean, I the first over I came back on one for 15, a couple of good shots, a couple where you think, oh, it's just going over the way to keep out, maybe a change of luck. Um, you know, Nisham came in and played that knock. And then if you look at the Pakistan-Australia game, it was almost identical to our mm-hmm. game where you're thinking, you know, Pakistan have got this in the bag, then Australia weird and Stoinis come out and smash it. Nisham just seemed to clear the rope. I mean, there was little things, wasn't that, where it just went over the boundary. Johnny Catch just touches the rope. Yeah, yeah. CJ pushes one back in. So if they're just like a couple of metres away, we take a catch, it changes the game. And then little things like it whacks from the air and it just lands short. So it just seemed to be like, uh, you, you look back now, and I didn't think this in the game, but you look back now and you think, oh, could have just little things, if they'd just gone your way, yeah. and the fine margins in 2020 can just be totally different, can't it? And I just feel, I don't know, for two or three days, I felt so flat. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was difficult. And I have to say, from my side, watching on the sideline, first of all, it was really good support, wasn't it? Because mm. considering Abu Dhabi is not the most atmospheric ground, obviously yeah. you have the big stand behind and you have like a smaller mm. stand at the other end and then grass banks. It was really loud, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was good. We had a lot of support. A lot of the British support in, uh, which was really cool. To be fair, a lot of New Zealand support as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a good atmosphere. I thought we batted well. Uh, Mo did a really good job. Mm. Kind of got us to a score where, I know at half-time, I was confident that we were going to go out there and defend it. You talk yeah. about, you know, big game, semi-final, scoreboard pressure and such. Yeah. 166. I thought, yeah, good score. Then that first 10 overs started really well. You know, Wokesy, I didn't, I didn't think again. the conditions changed that much. No, I was going to ask you, how was it very wet out there at the end? No, not really. I, I, didn't, I don't think that's an excuse or anything that we can really say. I think it was. It looked like it swung for them early on. Yeah. And, but for us, I think it was still It was the same pitch. I didn't feel like it changed yeah, yeah. a lot. We watched how they bowled. We thought that, you know, the slow balls, if they were really short, they stood up a little bit and were quite easy to hit. So your slow balls had to be on a good length. Yep. Um, and we just thought, I haven't sp- spoke to the batters, that that sort of heavy length, sort of waist high, coming through waist high, just over the stumps, that was the hardest length to hit. If it was a little bit full, I had skidded on, which Malag got a couple of cover drives yeah, away, yeah, didn't he? Shots, yeah. And played really nicely. Um, so it was halfway, like you say, I felt like we, we could do this, we can defend this. And... Um, and Wokesy yeah. made another great start as well. Yeah, early with yeah, hits with exactly. the ball again. Yeah, um, he's you know he's been he's been outstanding. Well, him he? and Moore Although, throughout the whole competition, are, like at the top, have been brilliant, haven't they? Yeah, taking um, wickets is so key in T Twenty cricket. And yeah, yeah. So at the halfway mark, I know I was sat I was sat on the bench with um, with Liam Dawson and Jay Roy and oh, Jay Roy. And Jay was buzzing, oh, he? he he rides the you know the the, the emotion the roller coaster more so than any of the players I thought he was going nuts when we were taking wickets and scoring runs and then when New Zealand were on top he was you know down and it was tough to sit next to he obviously yeah. you know obviously as gutted as, as I was um, you know personally I found it tough watching that second innings because yeah. especially when it got to the end and it was a close game and you know death overs that's for me that's like 
that's why I play the game. Like that's my job yeah. in a cricket team. Those are the those are the occasions that that I love being a part of. But it's always it's always easier when you're not in the game. I feel because you can take a step back and you'll say, well, I might have done this there or I might have done that there. But actually, when you're in the game, it's quite hard to. You just in that moment, are yeah, you with yeah. the captain with your with your own thoughts? The pressure's on. Um, was there was there anything that you saw from the outside? Because sometimes when the lads bring the drinks on, yeah. I like to say to the you know yourself, Tom Curran or. You know, yeah. David Woolley, who's not playing, is there anything you're seeing? Is there anything we could do different? Um, so was there anything you saw that we could have done differently? Or is there anything that you picked up on? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to answer because ultimately I'm, I'm watching the game and trying to imagine what I would be doing yeah, if yeah. I was out there. But yeah. what I would do would be different, different to what, what I you would do, do or yeah. CJ or yeah, Wanksy yeah. or whatever. So it's, it's a difficult question to answer because, as I say, I just, I just had that. I almost wanted to just get my kit on and run out there and bowl. <laughs> and I felt so helpless being on the sidelines. Strap but... me quad off, Griff. I'm ready. <laughs> Literally, I, was, I, I wanted nothing Steve more. Steve Griffin, that is. Sorry, the physio. Yeah, I wanted nothing more to be out there, you know, bowling and helping the lads. But, um, yeah, it was a tricky... It's, when, when si, Like you say, there are moments in the game that do swing. And momentum, technically, isn't a real thing. You know, mm. but momentum doesn't exist, does mm. it? But it, it, it obviously... Mentally, it does, and those those moments that you spoke about earlier, those drop catches, those near misses, the sorry not drop catches, the you know the, yeah. the fielding efforts yeah, yeah, within yeah. the boundary, and those things go the way of the Kiwis, and then they they ride that, and then you know we miss just fractionally either way on on length or line, and they get shots away. Well, and Joss actually said, I think we got the wicket of was it Conway? Yeah, and Joss pulled us in the huddle and he said, "Come on, we need five percent more in the field. We need five percent." And that wasn't you know anything a reflection of the other, but it was like. We were a bit sloppy. Our throws weren't great into yep. him. We, you know, we weren't backing up as well. It was a little bit more frantic than probably how we usually are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that talk, like when we got the wicket and that chat, it seemed to like bring everyone back in again. But um, like you say, it was just fine margins of the game. I mean, probably for a neutral, it might be a great game oh, to watch. Oh, great game, I'm sure, yeah. It left me feeling really f- flat and just, I just felt rubbish at the end. It was just like, it hurt a lot, actually, like yeah, yeah. To, to think of it. Because it... In my mind, I never envisaged we're losing. Like no, I truly the... believe that we're going to get on. I mean, I don't know if this is a bad reflection on me because we lost the two games I played. <laughs> but like, I, I still didn't ever believe that we were we were going to lose the games. Yeah, I know what you mean. And the the way that the whole tournament, the build up, and then the tournament had gone. You I think know, that's to, a positive for our side, though, isn't it? It shows that we've got 100%. confidence in our team and what, what, and we, what we expect as well. Yeah, yeah. And. We expect that of ourselves, and and you're right. The way it did feel like we were building towards a mm. final, didn't mm. it? Um, mm. Not to say that we were complacent or anything, but um, yeah, it did kind of. And then especially after the you know the first thirty overs of the game, you most people would have agreed and that we were on our way. And I think it's important we probably should give you know give New Zealand credit. And well, t- if you and flip it and you look at well. from their point of view, how how do you see it from their point of view? Yeah, well, they look, they'll be really pleased with how you know you, you talk about in T Twenty cricket. You know, taking it deep, giving yourself a chance. Because mm. one thing, uh, Dawson, J. Roy, and I, we were talking about. Obviously, they they were actually quite light on batting. They 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 go extra bowler with their side. So they had what Nisham at six and Santner at seven. So from from our point of view, when we were sat on the bench, they we knew they had to take it deep because they didn't. You know, they don't bat really deep. So credit you have to give big credit to to Darryl Mitchell for the for the knock that he played obviously yeah, opening well, the batting batting through and then mm-hmm. hitting his boundaries right at the end when he needed to Nisham played his role perfect, perfectly didn't yeah. he coming in and just executing hitting some proper sixes mm-hmm. you know there's some decent boundaries out there in Abu Dhabi and they you know cleared them easily so you have to 
you have to give them credit there where it's due. Um, but obviously, it just makes it doesn't make it any any easier on on our behalf. Mm. Um, Devin Conway, he played a really nice hand. We know he listened to some early episodes of the pod. I don't I know. know if he still is, but I noticed after the game, I noticed um, you know you do your, your shake of the hands, and he wasn't shaking a hand with his normal hand. He was reaching across, and it's yeah. come out. He's now going to miss the final because he he Punch punched his, his bat too <laughs> hard when he got out. Which um, so yeah. Dev, if you are listening. Uh, rest up, mate. I hope it's Instead of the Arlison, we promised I would bowl good balls and you would not in for one. You hit me over a point for six, so I'm not speaking <laughs> to you now. That's it. It's over. Yeah, so he's uh, he's gone back on his word. Um, you said after the game, also, you had drug testing, yep. which is all so annoying. I remember I had it. So we won the 100 in the summer, yeah. and all you want to do is celebrate with the yeah. lads. I got pulled for drug testing there mm. and then, so you have to go and do all that. It takes a good half an hour at least, yeah. doesn't it, to the whole process. Mm. But after that, it was... I know I felt like a... A real spare part in the was, dressing room. It was me and Bilbo. Me, me and Sam Billens. Um, Bilbo, Sam Billens were the two um, that were chosen for the drugs test. And he, I knew that I was going to be a little while, obviously, because I've been sweating and stuff. He tried to get it done straight away. Yeah. And obviously, he didn't produce enough. Oh, no. So he had to have like, <laughs> a time out and then go back. Whereas in that time that he had the time out, I'd get done. mine done. Eh? Yeah, so you got to... Yeah, you got to... Punch so your cheeks as hard as you can and that's people, it. So for people that don't know, obviously, if you, once you get called for drug testing, you get, you get taken off, you fill out all the paperwork and such, and yeah. then you get to say, okay, do you want to you know, produce your sample? But you ha- basically, you have to produce enough. And it's quite a lot, isn't it? It's a full, yeah. full tub's worth. And then they also check to see how dilute, diluted it is. It is. Yeah. So if it's too diluted, so you've been drinking too much fluid, it's an invalid sample, and yeah, and yeah you have to meet the the, the criteria mm. as such. So it's um, yeah, it's it's a long process as it is, but it can be even longer. I if, don't know, um, PGR yeah. producer who's who's doing this, you might not leave this in, maybe too much detail, but I've got to, I've got to leave the tap on. It's only <laughs> it's only where I can it's only where I can push it out because obviously yeah, the the drug tester is obviously stood there looking at you in yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. all your glory yeah, whilst yeah. you're producing the sample. But um, enough on that for now. The dressing room afterwards, it was obviously. Somber. It was, yeah, it was uh, quiet, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. As I said, I obviously didn't play, and I, I didn't know where to be after yeah. the game. So if everybody's gutted, obviously Morgie's off doing press. Uh, you know, you lads were getting drug tested, and everybody else is kind of just just in the changing room. So obviously, what did all you the, do? Did you pat people on the back, or did you just leave it? What did yeah, you do? You, you want to just leave it. Obviously, you say kind of hard lines to everybody as they come off, mm. and then obviously the lads that have played, obviously like. But you've it's been in the battle with everyone as well, haven't you? So yeah. it's not like. But it's not the same when you yeah. when you haven't played. Like you guys came off the field having lost the game, so you're obviously gutted, mm. um, and everybody just wants to be you know left alone essentially. So I ended up just taking myself back on kind of in the dugout. Really, I just sat in the dugout for mm. a bit, just because you, you don't want to be in the way. You, just, you do. You feel like a, a bit of a spare part, mm. and then um, eventually, once everybody got back together. Um, Silvers and Morgs both both spoke to us and I thought Morgs spoke brilliantly actually it wasn't a case of like you know we're all in it together uh, no blame game absolutely we know what each other can do and the things that make this team so good is that we don't stand still and um, we've got another T20 World Cup in years time which means we've got things to work on things to get better at so yeah. you know everybody's going to keep practicing hard you know bring it to the next games um, and I think that's the way it's got to be you know it's it's it, we're not a team that you know likes to stand still. We like to push boundaries. We like to get better. We like to be inventive, try new things, be positive. Um, so that's something that I think we'll, we'll try and do from now, won't we? Yeah, and it was, as you say, then it was almost like, hey, we wrapped all that up mm. and we got on the bus, went back to the hotel and that was kind of it. Like mm. The World Cup was done. So 
Uh, it was a case of the players that didn't have that weren't going to the Ashes or playing in the T10 tournament. They were flying home. A lot of the families were next flying day, home yeah. literally the next day. So like we got back to the hotel at midnight, say, and I came home and my wife was having to pack everything yeah. because again it was she like didn't, ten o'clock the next morning everybody yeah, was gone. Yeah, eleven o'clock they were they were leaving. So whilst my daughter's asleep and so she was trying to pack everything, so you come back and try and help her. The rest of some of the lads are in the bar just kind of having a, a drink because then. Yeah, that next day, over kind of half of the people that we've spent the last five weeks with, you know, disappeared. Mm. And um, a lot of the families as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so kids running around. And... I found that tough. So obviously, as you say, we've had our families here in our own little apartments. All the kids have been playing together. Mm. All the wives have got close. And then literally within the space of 12 hours, it had all ended. Mm. Um, yeah, so like my, my wife and daughter left back to England. And then you kind of, I've stayed on, so I'm playing in the T10 tournament that's coming up. My, my quad rehab's going well so far, so I should be should be okay for that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's empty apartments. Your your wife and son, they left the day after, didn't they? Yeah, they left yesterday. Gone, yeah. And it's, it's tough now, isn't it? It's, horrible. It's, it's, a hor- it's always horrible leaving your family. Yeah. Like I had to, uh, we, we bought loads of toys for, for Delphi whilst she was out here, and I had to box them all up. I was exactly the same. I had them, a bin everything up yeah, the apartment. I, I took just, them straight down to the kids' club because I didn't yeah. I didn't want to see all her stuff in the apartment because you just miss them empty, even more. Doesn't it feels yeah. quiet and empty. And... Yeah, so like we're sat in my apartment now. It's quite a, they're, they're very, we're very lucky, mm. very spacious apartments now and you really are you haven't just... taken the posters down of yourself before, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're front and centre <laughs> above my bed, everything. When I wake up in the morning I see, I see a poster of myself. But, um, yeah, so everybody's kind of Going their separate ways now. I ha- I head over to Abu Dhabi tomorrow. You guys are flying mm. to Australia. Yeah, best on, of luck, um, On uh, on uh, Monday. Are you going to be fit for the first game? I should be. Yeah, what? I've got a week, another week. So a week today is the first game. I was doing some bowling drills yesterday down on the. We got like an astro turf area and a fence, and I was bowling incredibles into the fence. Uh, I bounced one over the fence. <laughs> you got to mix your length up. You got to mix your length up. <laughs> Practicing my full repertoire. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm back. Bowling, I'll keep building up and back running again. Um, and so far, so good. Haven't had any setbacks. Um, but yeah, again, we should touch on the final. Aussie versus New Zealand, obviously. Mm. I assume we're supporting New Zealand. So for those of you that don't know, so if so, the the Ashes boys, so Woody, Joss, uh, Johnny, etc., they're all, and the coaching staff are flying to Australia on Monday with the Australians. Yeah. You're sharing a, a, a plane. Yeah, I, I just can't have them win that game. Otherwise, it's going to be unbearable. It will be unbearable. Like yeah. To be fair, if it was the other way around, we'd be just as unbearable, exactly, yeah. I'm sure. But well, no, you can look them in the eye and say, well played and, and congratulations, but when you're about to head off for an Ashes series against them, the last <laughs> thing you want is them feeling confident and like waving a trophy around in your face before you've even got there. Exactly. So, so um, yeah, so assume cheering on New Zealand tomorrow. Yeah, um, look, New, Ze- New Zealand, like as we mentioned in the podcast, are a good all-round side, aren't they? So New- um, Australia have matched when I thought that team. New Zealand are a, a sort of an all-round side across you know all formats of cricket at the minute. So I've, I think you know it should be a good final. The only thing that worries us is that Australia have got a good record against New Zealand, haven't they? Yeah. So you know that that worries me a little bit, but it's not in yeah you know New Zealand or Australia where they're used to those conditions. It's over here, so. Um, it should be a crack. I mean, let's fingers crossed for Dev, uh, our celebrity listener, Devon Conway. Um, <laughs> hope, hopefully, your boys can do the business. Exactly. So, look, we've had some good guests come on and join us uh, during this podcast since we've been doing it the last four or five weeks. So, we thought we'd get another one on Mark Saxby, who um, I mentioned, player support coach. 
uh, was initially uh, the Masur, but has taken a larger role within this team. Uh, we spoke uh, spoke to him via Zoom. He obviously is one of the guys that, that, that flew off after that semi-final. So we caught up with Sachs and, yeah, probably uh, give a bit of insight into, into himself and, and his role. This is Good Pace for Radio with Tamar Mills and Mark Wood. So I'm pleased to say we're joined by a man who's been involved with 10 Ashes series. This will be his 10th. He's uh, over 200 test matches under his belt, 2010 T20 World Cup winner and 2019-50 over World Cup winner. Uh, Woody, I'm sure you'll agree, probably the the most liked man in, in English cricket. Um, yeah, Mark Saxby, thanks for joining us, mate. Sax, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, T. Thank you very much for that introduction. I'm... Um feel very humble, to be quite honest with you, very lucky, um, very grateful to so many people in and outside the game. Um, I work with some brilliant people and have done over the last 16 years, you know, in a great sport. We get to travel, we go to some fascinating countries, you know, we laugh a lot. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been truly blessed. So my question, Sax, is what's it like being home as we're still stuck here in Dubai? What's it like? <laughs> well, as you can imagine, I haven't seen the the kids and Alison for, um, you know, maybe close on six weeks. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, I managed to get back and pick the kids up from school yesterday. So um, I didn't tell them that I was coming back. So they're pretty happy to see me. So, um, yeah, the weather's different. It's really nice. It's dry. I've got, a, you know, got the old coat on and woolly hat. So different weather, but it's nice to be home. Thanks. Perfect. All right, we'll get into it then, Zach. So you've been... Uh, so you started off as the Masur for the England team back in 2005, a long, uh, long time ago. I think Pudsey uh, was on his first. Was it Pudsey Pud- around then? His first tour, I'm sure Pudsey, uh, Liam Plunkett was around your first tour. Is that all right, Tax? Yes, yeah, a very fresh-faced Liam. We both went to um, the wonderful country of Pakistan together. Um, we've still both talked very fondly of that trip. And yeah, there's sensational food, That's um, as well as the people, uh, the country. But, you know, the food... I've never had lamb like it since, so, um, yeah. So you got into it in 2005, obviously you're still going now, so you're obviously doing something right. Um, how's the role changed from back then maybe to to what you're doing now, just in terms of the the kind of the hands-on stuff that you're doing? Okay, so I um, I started um, as the massage guy and obviously I'm, I'm still doing that, um, but over the years the, the role has evolved and developed and I guess um, a couple of years ago, um, a couple of additional responsibilities were added to my um, my job, uh, those being well-being and um, team culture. And then how, um, is that something that, did you drive that? Did that naturally kind of just, just kind of come about? Or was it something that you'd always wanted to do? Um, it's, I guess, because I'd, I'd done additional qualifications um, during my time, um, and it naturally evolved, I suppose. And through conversations with um, Raf Brandon and Ashley Giles, um, there was a space there for further responsibilities, if you like. So massage kind of provides a, a natural gateway to that, to that well-being space. I really believe that an elite sporting environment should be highly challenging, definitely, but also a highly supportive one. Um, and that support comes from all of us, doesn't it, within the group, you know, from staff, players. As you know, unity is a cornerstone of our dressing room culture and well-being is everyone's um, business, really, to look out for each other. 
I'm sure that obviously people that are listening, uh, Sachs obviously is a someone that's well respected, well trusted within the group. He's sort of a go between, I guess, between the coaches um, and the other players. If anyone's got a problem, they tend to go to, to Sachs. Uh, Sachs, if you want to say about the culture now, I'm, I'm sure this is very relevant with all the topics at the minute. What kind of things are you looking to drive forward in our team culture? I mean, we know them, but could you let people know of the type of things that we're doing behind the scenes? If you look at if you look at character first, you know, character is obviously spoken about a lot, isn't it, in in sport? And um, I think it's beholden on us as an organisation, as a group of um, of staff as well to develop to develop character. So you look at stuff like efforts, resilience, passion, um, optimism, and gratitude, of course. But there are other things like um, curiosity around learning, um, also around social intelligence as well. What's happening out there in society? So it's important that we are up to speed with what is going off outside of our sport. It's very important so that when that day comes, when we leave these unbelievable jobs, we will be looking to take a full and active role in society. And um, you know, you know what we're like in the in the group. We're we're very big on difference. We're very big on um, diversity. Uh, we celebrate it. Uh, we really value it. Uh, we promote it, and um, we're very sort of. Um, into the history that our badge represents, if you like. So um, those three cornerstones being um, courage, respect, unity, they're, they're very important to us. And, um, you know, we are getting involved in some really nice educational pieces as well um, around diversity and difference and topics in our society. So um, that's some of the stuff we're getting involved in. Well, I guess, I guess a significant um, development um, over the last couple of years has been the, um, the, the topics of racial inequality and social injustice, particularly off the back of the tragic events um, a couple of summers ago um, with George Floyd and the, the light the light shone on um, some uncomfortable truths in our society and in our game. And um, we're doing a lot to um, correct that, to, to right the wrongs. So it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a known fact, isn't it? That um, people in our, a lot of people from black, Asian, ethnic communities um, do not enjoy the same relationship with society in terms of, opportunities, social privileges and distribution of wealth. And um, being married to a, a girl from the Caribbean and having two mixed race children, I was, I was very um, comfortable talking to the players last year about, about these topics. And we're, those conversations continue. As you both know, we're, we're getting involved in some charities that uh, do some fantastic work with um, disadvantaged, disadvantaged children um, very, from very diverse backgrounds. So that has just started. So as a group, we're becoming a lot more socially conscious. I think there's been a generational shift as well in that area. Your generation, the generation coming through, are a lot more socially conscious than, than mine were at that, at that age. That's for sure. What specifically has kind of happened within the 
the England team, I guess. What what are those convers you know kind of, what are those conversations been themed around? Okay, so um, as as an organisation, we you know we take any form of discrimination um, in society and in our game um, very seriously. And what, uh, like I said, what we've done with the the charities that that's going, that's that's moving along. But also in addition to that, you've probably noticed as well, and you've worn those t-shirts to totally against any form of discrimination. So. So we want cricket to be a game for everyone, don't we? we? That's what we're that's what we're trying to get across. We want cricket to be a game from every, for everyone. I certainly think that you know Sachs took the lead on that last year. We were we were in the bubble life, um, and I thought those discussions. It wasn't just Sachs telling us; it was actually quite healthy that the players were jumping on board. How can we help? Because obviously, we want to try and be role models. We want to try and help. You know, um, even myself coming from a, a sort of working class background. You know, I, I still want to, you know, I still love helping my local club. I still love helping, you know, I mean, the price of kit now is so expensive, yeah. isn't it? And like, in general, you just want to give people opportunities. And, you know, when you look back at our World Cup winning team, you know, we had, I think the diversity side of things, the side that we had and all the different backgrounds actually pulled, were pulled into a team that was quite successful, not just, you know, a team from scattered all over the place. It was actually, we're all under the same umbrella, trying the same stuff. I think it actually helped you directing sacks. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we I, I sincerely believe that difference and diversity give give any organization uh, a competitive advantage because you know those shared those different perspectives, those different experiences, um, it, it gives you a you can see all sides of the mountain instead of one narrow view. Um gives you increased create creativity, doesn't it? We we saw that, you know, we've got we had we've got Mo, we've got Joffre, we've got uh, Trevor Bayliss, we've got a, you know diversity in age, nationality, culture, um, racial origins. We've we've we were we're blessed to be quite honest with you. And it gives you a higher innovation. Um, problem solving is that much faster than uh, cognitively similar people. Um, better decision making. Um, you know, you're attractive. You become irrelevant. You become very relevant. You know, we're as a sport. You, there's a the kids turn on the telly. So an Asian boy or girl can turn on the telly. They see themselves reflected back. A black boy or girl see themselves reflected back. And you know, relevance relevance is so important. It's it's the you know the key to engagement. So um, we we found, didn't we, after doing a lot of research, you know, a lot of good people at Lords um, produced, we had some really good meetings with them and they, you know, they gave us some hard facts around, you know, the, the low um, participation rate, particularly from the West Indian community. And, you know, we're looking at engaging with the brilliant stuff that um, the ACE programme are doing. So a few guys are aligned with that. So we're, we're, we're taking a real interest in being very um, active in that space um, we also spoke about kneeling, didn't we? That um, there was a lot of ambiguity about taking the knee, and um, I felt that that was important um, to explain what that was about. Um, you know, it is non-confrontational; it's it's non-violent. Um, kneeling is about respect, and respect, like we've said, is big as our dressing room. Uh, we kneel to show concern for somebody that's injured or ill. Um, we kneel to a child's level. I, I saw you both doing that in the last few weeks. You both had your family out there. Um, we kneel to pray. We kneel to propose. 
some people in our sport have knelt to be knighted. Um, it's, a, it's a respectful act, but it's not submissive. It's not begging. It's not promoting some radical political propaganda. It's it's out of respect. Yeah, 100%. That's, I think, really good. Yeah, really, really well explained. You mentioned earlier, Sax, how... Look, cricket's obviously offered you so much in terms of uh, job satisfaction and, and life as well. You said you met your your wife and obviously the mother of your children whilst on cricket tour with England. Uh, quite a famous cricket tour, wasn't it? A few other things went on um, on on that trip. Um, you must have seen uh, an awful lot over your time as as, um, as an England uh, team member. Yes, it's, um, it it has been a wonderful life, and um, cricket has been incredibly kind to me and so many people within the game. At that particular tour, 2007, yeah, I remember it so well. Um, that was the Fred Lord trip. It was, it was the, yeah, it was that hotel uh, with, with um, the wonderful Fred and yeah, it was, a, it was an eventful trip, definitely. <laughs> so you think back to 2005 and you think like Freddie and all these, you know, iconic players, You've seen some amazing players over your time. Who have you got anyone in particular who you just love to watch? Was there anyone who you re, who you just you put the physio bed down and you'd have a look and you'd watch them play? Is there anyone you can think of? Oh my goodness, it is so difficult to. Because if you mention one person, then um, you know you know I, I don't want to you know favour one person, but there, there have been some brilliant international players as well that I've you know I've witnessed as well during that period, but. Um, in modern day, I you know I, I love watching you guys. Adil fascinates me. I think he's he's a he's a magician. What he does, um, I suppose, like a lot of people, I used to enjoy when when Kev when KP was in you know in on full beam. That was mm-hmm. I was been lucky to watch two or three of his you know outstanding innings. That one um, in India and the one in Sri Lanka. But, you know, he couldn't have done that without the support of his teammates and people around him. So, yeah, it, 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 is, a, it is a team game and one which uh, I really love. I wasn't particularly good at it myself, but it's a... Hey, that's not true. You, <laughs> on the back of um, South Africa, I managed to get a couple of runs in South Africa in the Test Series. I, th- I thought I couldn't hit an all-time low when Sachs bowled me with his leg spin. <laughs> and from then on, I just thought, right, that's it. I'm going to try and smack it. The so it's actually up the Sachs that I that I got uh, that I got some runs because his leg spin when he when he bowled me middle stump, I was like, that's it. Oh, I haven't seen. I've not seen the, the now infamous Sachs yeah, leg leggies, spin. I need yeah. to see those on the next trip, please, Sachs. Uh, well, let's um, let's talk a bit more about kind of the massage side of it. You've obviously. You've been around a lot of players in that time. Is there anybody that you can that jumps out to you? And it might be a difficult question to ask. Who do you reckon you've who do you reckon you've rubbed the most over the last fifteen years or so? I suppose your mind um, immediately goes to the bowlers. Um, cricket is a very arduous sport at your level. My mind goes to the bowlers. David Milan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bless him. Um, I suppose Jimmy. Um, I guess over the years, because he, he he started before me, didn't he, Jimmy? And he's made his debut at a very young age and he's still going. What a phenomenal athlete he is. You know, he's our physical version of, um, I don't know, like a Tom Brady, a, a Ryan Giggs. He's the way he's, he's so professional, he looks after himself. And he would he would have an, inter- have an interesting view of my massaging, I suppose. Um, he would, uh, if I was to say what my massage day looked like, I think he might disagree completely. He thinks I just go wandering off 
for a towel. I forget about him and I can be found eating or sleeping somewhere. And do you work, You well, we obviously know this, but tell for people listening, you work well as a backroom staff, don't you? You've got like the physio, the doctor, yourself, you all communicate, the strength and conditioning coach on how to get a player either back from injury or prevent injury. Um, do you want to tell us just a little bit how those conversations work? Yeah, absolutely. I guess from my perspective, it is about ironing out the creases, um, assisting recovery um, with the ultimate aim of enhancing you, your performance, you guys. Um, and my work sort of harmonises well with, with the physios, with Griff, with Cray, with Langers. Um, and to add a little bit of a context to it, I suppose, you know, the information we capture from the GPS. Um, mm-hmm. So a te- test match player can cover what, around 50 Ks, um, seven Ks of that is faster than a, a treadmill will go. Uh, in T20s, players can cover around seven Ks with around 80 accelerations. Um, some like CJ's hitting 33 kilometers an hour. There's seven or nine times your body weight going through the delivery stride, which you know about, Mark. Um, players lose uh, one and a half liters per hour um, while they're out there. And so you can see how these sort of demands draw on the expertise of other practitioners. So you, like you say, Robin Scotty, who are our brilliant S&C guys. Um, we've got Emma, the nutritionist. Um, so she'll deal with um, your hydration. She deals with your nutrition to make sure you're ready to go again. Um, and then that brings in conversations with the coaches as well. So we're, we're looking at workloads, um, what you what you guys have done during that um, during that match, that's all very live information which gets talked about constantly. Um, injuries get talked about constantly with with spoons, obviously, and the other other coaches. So it's a very integrated sort of collaborative um, process. You're the team DJ, aren't you, Sax? I'll notice in the every day we get set up, we get back, get into the changing room, you set up your table and the speaker's straight out. You know, how does he get the vibrate? You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, big gym. it's a different vibe every, every, yeah. every day. I've noticed that. It's an important role. Have you always had that role, Sax? I, I, I guess I've always, I've always loved music. Yeah, I've always loved music. And um, it's something that's happened, I suppose, really over the years. And I'm fortunate that I've got some um, Oaks. Some guys in the room are very knowledgeable about their, about their music and they help me up, you know, keep up to date with with what playlists to have and stuff like that. So when we go to the Caribbean, you play the Caribbean music, don't you? When we go to South Africa, you've got a few South African tunes going on. So you try and keep it, uh, you try and keep the vibe going, don't you, wherever we are. Mind you, I haven't heard you play uh, Lindisfarne and all like that when we've played in Durham, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an important part of a dressing room to be quite honest with you, but you're right. You've got to try and get that. You've got to pitch it right, haven't you? But yeah, I um, I'm lucky. You know, Jimmy's a big fan of his music, so he keeps me up to speed with what's going on. Yourself, you're a big fan of the older stuff as well. So we have a we have a um, a, a lot of rock music. Sometimes we have indie, we have reggae, we have disco, um, all sorts, don't we? So yeah. Perhaps to wrap it up there, Sax, but um, no, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as you say, you're, you're a massive part of this team. We were supposed to do this interview in person, but as we all know, um, unfortunately, we got knocked out at, at the semi-final stage and everybody then kind of disappeared the next day, didn't they? But um, no, thank you so much for joining us, Sax. It's, uh, it's a pleasure as always. Enjoy some time at home with your family and then you'll be off to, to join Woody and the Ashes crew in a few weeks, won't you? Yes, very much looking forward to it. And thank you both for your time. I really appreciate it. And I um, 
wish you all the best moving forwards. Uh, look forward to meeting you down the road again. Cheers, Sax. Beautiful. Top man. Thanks, Sax. Good pace for radio inside England's World Cup bubble with Tamal Mills and Mark Woods. So, Woody, obviously, this has um, come to an end now. Obviously, your kind of sights are on the ashes. Um, how excited are you to get out for Australia? Obviously, it's always a big deal, isn't it? You obviously yeah. played an Ashes series before. What are your thoughts, mate? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, um, to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to getting out of the UAE just because I feel like when I'm on that plane in Australia, that's when I can really kick in my mindset there. At the yeah. minute, we're still stuck here um, and it feels like you're a bit in no man's land. You're trying to sort of you know, get your head around going to Australia. Obviously, some of the boys are already there. Um, but mentally, probably still, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit hurt from the World Cup. So it'll be good. You know, family have left. We've lost the World Cup. It'll be good to get out of the room, out of the hotel yeah. and get on that flight to Australia where... And there's, there's, you know, a huge series coming up. So, um, you know, the Ashes is, is massive for England and Australia, both sets of players. But as an Englishman, if you can win in Australia, I mean, that's as, as good as it gets. So um, we're doing everything everything we can to, to try and win there. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I'm sure everybody will be supporting at, at home. And I'm, I'm sure you'll have plenty of English support. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch Harmy. So Harmy obviously used to play uh, from Ash and he w- would play and he had, a you know, that a couple of series out there. Yeah. I remember staying up really late and Would you, you know, watch through the night? Yeah, I watched through the night or as much as I could until I'd like I'd fall asleep with the, the old pillows and um, blankets on the floor <laughs> watching the telly and I'd fall asleep on the floor watching but um you know the 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 tours that I used to watch like then, England didn't have that much success and then, you know, of course Jimmy's one out there. Yeah. So his his, you know, experience would be invaluable and um to have the likes of him, Root, Stokes, Brody and these are top, top class players. So um, How long have you got to get ready? Because you say you've just been in T Twenty mode for yeah. the last five weeks. Yeah. Uh, what's it going to be like getting out to Australia? You're going to have to do a bit of quarantine, mm. I, I assume. Yeah, and then... fourteen days quarantine, but you can train within those fourteen days. Okay, so, that's good. So you're not trapped so, in your room. Yeah, so you can leave the room, you can train, and then come back to the room. But yeah. um, uh, I'll probably start with maybe five slow balls, then work to four, <laughs> then maybe three. Eventually, by the end of the week, I'll maybe just be bowling one. Is it, genuinely, <laughs> is it something that you're not worried about, but you're aware of? Okay, I'm going to have to get used to. Yeah, I might, the, I might have to bowl 15, 20 yeah, overs in a yeah, day that, here, and I've not it. been doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. It's more, it's more the workload. Like, can you come back for another spell and yeah. produce again? Can you come back again when it's hot or you're tired or, you know, can you still? In my case, can I still, you know, ramp the pace even when? 15, it's, 16, it's, yeah, it's all right yeah. for Rovers doing it because in 2020, that's all you have to do. All you have to do. But in, in Test Match Critic, you could be bowling 12, you could be bowling 20, you could be bowling 25. So yeah. um, it's just trying to gear myself up. There'll be some days in training where I'll have to bowl double spells yeah, and things yeah. like that. Just you got some warm up games playing against the Lions, aren't you? The England Lions, yeah. yeah. And that, that'll be good, you know, because usually you can play against a, a, um, a side that Cricket Australia will put out and you know sometimes they're really good sides like Australia A and then other times they can give you like maybe something that you would never ever come up against yeah. so um, you, you this way will be well prepared um, I think it would be wrong of us to try and use any excuses of like oh we've been in the World Cup so like we've been playing matches so actually uh, you're more probably battle ready in, the, in yeah. this I know it's very different but you've still been playing so yeah, actually yeah. we've had that competitiveness so um, it's just a case of getting the numbers up, and you know I hate working off computers and spreadsheets and that like. But in that in this way for injury and stuff, it's better that you try and you know yeah. bowl more overs. For sure. So obviously you can look forward to the Ashes. <laughs> Every ball will be live on BBC Sports 
uh, Five Live Sports Extra via BBC Sounds, as always. And I guess, lastly, we've got we've had look, we've had some great listener questions come in. Thank you to everybody that's got one that's more in touch, one. and we've got one more to to finish off. Do you want to read it out? Yeah, it's from uh, Jeanette Dixon. Thank you so much to Mal and Woody. Oh, isn't that nice for the podcast? <laughs> My son and I have loved the insight into the England team. Will you be able to bring it back at next year's World Cup if you're both in the team? Oh, fingers crossed, as you say. The first that's the first step, isn't it? We both need to get reselected. Well, I'd like to. It would be good to play together, wouldn't it? <laughs> we didn't actually. I know. We, we didn't play one. We played one warm-up game, didn't we, against yeah. New Zealand? Yeah. Um, and after that, we didn't actually get on the field together. Mm. But um, so the very start of the series, we thought we'd have a bit of fun, a bit of a competition. Um, which one of us would bowl the the fastest ball during the competition? Um, and unfortunately for me, Woody beat me quite quite comfortably. Uh, Ninety four miles an hour on a couple of occasions, absolutely rapid, and whoop, whoop. we couldn't quite decide on. Well, no, nobody sent us any cool prizes. Unfortunately, no. we didn't get that far. But um, I thought, from me to you, Woody, I'll give you one of my famous big red sweatbands. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I expect to see you first test at the Gabba. Headband warrior. In, headband on. So, yeah, um, yeah his, uh, I'll hand over your prize and we'll make sure we get a photo. Thank you. Should we have a handshake? Yeah. Thank firm, you. Thank firm you. Handshake. Thank you. I think we both came into this podcast, A, not really knowing what we were doing. We didn't, mm. <laughs> we didn't really know how it would work. Uh, so I'm thank, leaving with a headband. Yeah. So, yeah, look, we've, we came into this, not really knowing what we were doing, bit of a laugh, bit of a joke, but I think we've, you know, we've both enjoyed it. It's been a, Loved it, it's been a big, big, big success, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everybody that's you know, listened and, and got in touch. Personally, just, yeah, thank you to everybody for, for the support and well wishes that I had during the, during the tournament, especially when I got injured. Um, it, meant, it meant a lot. But, yeah, fingers crossed we can, we can reunite next year in, in Australia and, um, and do it all again. Yep, I'd, I've loved it. Um, you know, it's, I think it's been, it's felt, you know, like we've we've just been having a chat together. Yeah. I mean, this is how we would normally chat with each other, anyway, isn't it? So, exactly. Um, it, it's been hopefully you've enjoyed listening. Again, thank you so much for the support back home. Um, all the players have felt it. We we are sorry we couldn't go all the way, but we hope we've done you proud. And um, you know, hopefully next year it in Australia for the twenty twenty we can go even further and we can win another trophy. Definitely. So as I said earlier. During the Ashes, you'll hear every ball via BBC Five Live Sports Extra and BBC Sounds. And also keep an eye on the TMS podcast feed for Project Ashes, a mini-series documenting England's behind-the-scenes preparation for the Ashes. And for the last time, goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers, everybody. Inside England's World Cup bubble, this is Good Pace for Radio with Tamal Mills and Mark Woods. Match of the Day Top 10 Podcast Gary Lineker here to bring you a little message Match of the Day Top 10 Podcast is back once again exclusively on BBC Sounds It's too late for me now, man Yeah, yeah it's too yeah. late I was going to get some more dates for Match of the Day then <laughs> <laughs> Yes, myself, Alan and the busiest man in football punditry Micah Richards return for Series 5 He was never going to Man City <laughs> Man United could never ever have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to have gone to Manchester City. The Match of the Day Top 10 podcast, only available on BBC Sounds.